Erin Patterson, the Aussie woman who was accused of killing three people via a beef wellington, has pleaded not guilty. We have everything you need to know from Australia. For that and everything else worth talking about, find and follow Newsable wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to the Long Read from Stuff. I'm Philippa Tolley, filling in today for Michael Wright. This week, the Long Read tells the story of how a young man became a parent and made history in the process by becoming what's believed to be the first single gay male in this country to have a child through surrogacy. It's by Stuff senior journalist Alison Moore. Kia ora, Ali. Kia ora, Philippa. So, Ali, how did you get interested in this complicated world of surrogacy? I didn't know very much about it, to be honest with you, Um, but we were approached by Matthew, who felt that there might be some value in his story for other people. Um, He's quite a a community-minded giving person, and my editor assigned this to me. I, I think he might have thought that I could use a little break from the very serious and, and sometimes quite grim reporting that I do. And this story was a wonderful experience. It's such an uplifting tale and hopefully will provide a lot of hope for other people. So Matthew obviously thought his story was important when he got in contact, but after you reported and told the whole story, how have you been left feeling about the significance of this story? Well, interestingly, it was difficult to find out definitively whether Matthew is the first single gay man to have had a child through surrogacy. And uh, and that's because the ethics committee of the process doesn't really pay much attention or, or consider sexual orientation at all. So we're going on the knowledge of the assisted birth sector, and they feel that it is the first. At the same time, the rules around surrogacy, the legislation around surrogacy is changing at the moment. And I think that it was worth examining that in in context of a real life case. I think potentially Matthew's story could be important for people who want to have children but have assumed they'll never be able to because the barriers are too high. Thanks for that, Ali. So here's Ali Moore reading her story, Going Solo. The summer school holidays were perfectly timed for high school teacher Matthew Williams, and they disappeared in a flurry of preparations at his airy three-bedder in rural South Auckland. I'm as organised as I can be, he says. I loaded the car seat into the car last week. I've packed the hospital bag. I'm obsessing a little bit over just making sure that I can control the controllables. Yes, I'm not doing the pregnant part, but I can do all of this. All of this turns out to be a warm, neat-as-a-pin baby room with a special emphasis on stuffed animals. They cuddle together in a sling hanging from the ceiling, and climb over each other on a plastic chain in the corner. There are maps and framed watercolours featuring cute jungle creatures on the walls. When baby Leo moves from the bassinet into his own room, he'll have plenty of friendly faces to gaze at. When stuff visits in February, it's just under 24 hours until Williams, 34, will drive to Auckland Hospital in the early hours to wait for the birth of his son. 
He won't see it happen because his sister, Sarah Summersby, is booked in for a caesarean delivery with her husband, Dave, as support person. If Matthew's story is starting to sound complex, well, it is. It's also most probably a New Zealand first. This is understood to be the first surrogate pregnancy culminating in fatherhood for a single gay man in New Zealand. Although Williams has long imagined this day, the reality seemed remote until a moment with close friends Amy Duffel and Corbin Taffard at a New Year's party four years ago changed things in an instant. I didn't think it was going to be a possibility for me, Williams says, and then I was talking to Corbin and Amy on that New Year's Eve and they said to me, you know, we know how much this would mean to you. We want to find a way to make it work. He says he was blown away by his friend's offer, but assumed it might be the New Year's cheer talking. Weeks later, the couple brought it up again, with Duffel, who's in her 20s, offering to carry Williams's child once her own family was complete. They gently prodded him to contact an assisted birth company. As it happens, Williams was not new to Auckland-based company Fertility Associates or its processes. Two years earlier, he'd attempted to help the partner of another of his sisters get pregnant. It hadn't worked, and after tests, Williams was told his sperm was a little bit lethargic. Being a biological father seemed an unlikely dream, so Williams was surprised when, after losing some weight, things came good. Fertility Associates said, actually, just get yours tested again and we'll see. And then they tested and said, actually, it's fine. It's going to be perfect. The news brought his plans forward and sent Williams, his friends and his by now fully invested family back to the drawing board. After some discussion, Duffel donated eggs and Williams's sister, Summersby, 41, agreed to carry the pregnancy. The process could have been much more complex. I was really fortunate to have a sister that was willing to carry and then a friend that was willing to be an egg donor, he says. Because to get an egg donorship in New Zealand, well, the wait is astronomical. Summersby and her husband, Dave, have six children of their own. You could say she's something of a pregnancy expert. The first few days with her last child, Ashton, five, were difficult thanks to a crippling postural headache from a problematic epidural anesthesia. When Stuff speaks to her three weeks out from Leo's birth, she's feeling the nerves a little. I don't have a problem being pregnant, Summersby says. My anxiety is all around the birth. But, well, it's just one day, obviously. I thought, we can work with that. Williams is grateful for his sister's kindness. The guilt that you feel for putting your sister through all this is quite high. Sarah has gone out of her way to do this nice thing, and I don't want any of these dramas to be causing her issues as well. There were other, more prosaic issues to deal with long before the embryo transfer led to a blue line on a pregnancy test. 
an ethical maze to be slowly and carefully negotiated. Under the Human Assisted Reproductive Technology Act 2004, surrogacies are referred to the Ethics Committee on Assisted Reproductive Technology. Two years of counselling ensued, first between Williams and Summersby, then Summersby and husband Dave, then biological mother Duffel and Williams, then Williams, Duffel and her partner Taffard. Their first application to the Ethics Committee was deferred while doctors drew up a care plan for Summersby. Williams says, at that time, I kind of had a little bit of, maybe this is just not meant to be. If they haven't done this before, maybe they're not going to approve it. The Ethics Committee did eventually approve. Movie-worthy scenes ensued. On hearing Duffel was booked in for egg retrieval, Williams abandoned a Northland holiday and raced back to Auckland on an intercity bus to make his sperm donation. After the embryo was successfully implanted, Summersby gave Williams the news in a picture of a pee-on-a-stick pregnancy test with the word DONE as the caption. That felt pretty damn lucky, because each round of in vitro fertilisation is not exactly cheap, Williams laughs. He estimates to have spent close to $40,000 on the surrogacy process as a whole. Today on Newsable, we go inside the courtroom where Erin Patterson pleaded not guilty to murder charges related to that infamous beef Wellington lunch. Plus, why it's a good time to be a first home buyer and the diss battle between Kendrick Lamar and Drake. For everything that's worth talking about, find and follow Newsable wherever you get your podcasts. Now, back to the long read. As the pregnancy progressed, Williams worked with an Oranga Tamariki caseworker who made visits to his home, assessed his character and asked a lot of questions, some of which he found frustrating, he admits. For example, Summersby has been asked a number of times whether she's comfortable giving Leo up for adoption. Summersby finds this baffling. It's such a weird thing, like... Why would I steal someone else's baby, she asks. She's also been asked whether she wanted to have first skin-to-skin contact with Leo when he's born, something she wants for Williams and therefore has turned down. Williams understands the Oranga Tamariki process is important, but feels his situation with Summersby, as brother and sister, makes their situation different. He was also asked how he will explain to Leo, once Leo is old enough, that he's adopted. That got Williams's back up, he says, as he sees it, the fact that he must adopt his own son is a legal technicality and not part of Leo's story. Legally, even though he is Leo's biological father, Williams will only be an interim caregiver and his name will not appear on Leo's birth certificate, not yet anyway. The birth certificate will bear the names of Sarah and Dave Summersby instead. 
Subsequently, the family court will consider a proposal put together by lawyers for Williams to adopt his son. It's a point of frustration, but he doesn't blame his Oranga Tamariki caseworker. She has been incredibly lovely, and it's just part of her job and the reality of the situation. I'm just fortunate that she's so open-minded, and I think she loves the fact that she gets to deal with a positive situation, he says. In May 2022, the Law Commission's Te Kōpū Whangai He Arataki Review of Surrogacy was released, noting a pressing need for reform of Aotearoa's surrogacy laws. The review called for rules to be simplified to allow intended parents to be recognised as legal parents without the need for a court order where ethics committee consent and the consent of the surrogate has been given. It also recommends a better understanding of tikanga Māori and surrogacy and Māori perspectives on surrogacy through Māori-led research. Parliament is separately considering changes to surrogacy legislation through Labour MP Tamati Coffey's Improving Arrangements for Surrogacy Bill. As it stands, the rules make arrangements, even on the day of Leo's birth, complex. When Leo's born tomorrow, Sarah will be put on the phone to say she wants me to take him home, which in theory wouldn't have been able to happen for 10 days, according to New Zealand law. Then I'll take him home and after 10 days, my lawyer can put it before the court, he says. If Williams's child had been a girl, the situation would be more complex again. Single men are barred from adopting female children under New Zealand law. Williams would have had to prove in front of the court that he was the child's biological father, and he's well aware of the irony of that situation. Meanwhile, Williams and family have been working on the details of Leo's early care. Summersby has been expressing breast milk since her 34th week of pregnancy, which has helped with her gestational diabetes, and Williams will visit her West Auckland home with Leo once a week to pick up frozen milk supplies and spend time with the family. The siblings' mum and dad, Helen and Stephen Williams, have moved in with Williams to help. When Williams goes back to work at Tuako High School after six months of parental leave, there's a daycare centre 500 metres down the road for the days that Leo is not with Nana Helen or Auntie Sarah. Duffel will be Leo's godmother and remain deeply involved in his life, William says. When stuff next catches up with Williams and Leo, it's at the West Auckland Play Centre where Sarah Summersby volunteers. The sun is out and Summersby's own youngest children, Ashton, five, and Holly, eight, watch the al fresco photo shoot with curiosity. Leo, now 29 days old, is the picture of health and passed regularly and naturally between Williams, Duffel and Summersby. Duffel says she wants her own kids one day, but is thrilled for Williams and Leo. I just wanted to see one of my really good friends have a baby. He was ready to be a dad and I wanted to make that happen. The past month has been as hectic and sleep-deprived as any with a new baby, William says, but Leo is pretty chill. 
He slept a whole six hours last night. As for his place in history, Williams hopes it'll give hope to others in a similar situation. Groundbreaking, I hope it can be, he says. Whether they're gay or straight, if they don't have a partner, they can still have a family, no matter what the barriers are. That was Going Solo on The Long Read From Stuff, written and read by Ali Moore and produced by me, Philippa Tolley. This episode was edited by John Ropiha. If you listen via our website, you can hear this story and more like it on The Long Read Podcast, available on all the usual platforms. If you liked what you heard, please give us a five-star rating and review. It really helps other listeners find us. Thanks for listening. Ka kite anō. This pod took time and resources to produce. Please support our mahi and visit stuff.co.nz support.